From the studios of One Jacks Productions, this is The Revealing, a ministry of One Baptist Church in Jacksonville, Florida, with your hosts, Senior Pastor Frank Silvaggio, Associate Pastor Robert Engel, and Praise Leader Chris Wing. And welcome back to another episode of The Revealing. Uh, your friends here, Frank Salvaggio, Christopher Wing, and Robert Engel. We are uh, glad to be back at the table once again and glad to be back with you as we uh, enter this holiday season among us, Thanksgiving and Christmas right around the corner and, and in the midst of it. Uh, we, we do uh, appreciate you carving out some time to uh, just spend with us as we uh, gather around the book and uh, talk about the things of the Lord. Uh, we do hope you've been enjoying this, um, not just this series we're in on covenants, uh, but the the podcast as a whole, The Revealing. Uh, we are uh, just three three guys who uh, love the Lord, uh, love the Word of God, um, local ministry here in Jacksonville, Florida, One Baptist Church. You can look us up online, onebaptistjacks.world. And um, maybe a little over a year ago now, uh, we uh, all got together and just said let's let's um let's start just talking about the word of god and trying to get people in on this thing and and uh over the last over a year now it, it's kind of taken off and um we have listeners from all over and and we're grateful for that and we do encourage you to share uh these episodes uh via social media or whatever platforms that you are accessing them <clears throat> get the word out and and help us to spread the word of god because uh, that's why we're doing what we're doing here so um we are definitely grateful for that but we are talking about the covenant gentlemen um thank you for joining me once again how are you chris good good glad to be here yeah me too and frank salvaggio how are you my friend well, I, mean, I got a little sinus infection going on here, but that's all right. We're yes. going we're gonna, we're gonna to This is the platform this. for complaining. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but hey, it's okay. Um, so he, he's here, uh, even though he's under the weather. Uh, we appreciate him doing what he's doing, and um, we hope you do too. Uh, but as I said, we have been talking about these covenants uh, in the Word of God, just going through. And um, man, I don't know. I think one of the biggest takeaways uh, that I've uh, received is just how important it is to rightly divide the word of truth uh, when it comes to understanding the covenants um, and who they're for, who they're to, the applications of those, the, the people groups, and all of that. All those are so. All of those things are so important for us to rightly divide the word of truth uh, because, um, as we've said here on this platform, and, and I'll say it again, um, most, if not all. Uh, in the church, anyway, a wrong doctrine, false doctrine, it is Bible doctrine just wrongly applied and um, wrongly divided in the Word of God to the wrong people group uh, or the wrong dispensation. And so that uh, is, I hope to you, as it is to me, anyway, becoming very evident. Um, so let's get right into this thing. Uh, we are talking about the Mosaic Covenant today, Pastor Frank. I believe that's correct? That is true. All right, cool. So uh, do we want to do a quick overview um, to, to kind of get us from um, where we were last time as far as Abraham is concerned uh, up to um, up to the Mosaic Covenant? Sure. Would that be yeah, okay? I think okay. that's a good idea. Okay. All right. So remember now we're coming off the heels of the, uh, of the covenant that God made with Abraham over there in Genesis 12, and we spent, I believe, two episodes uh, yeah. really delving into all that. Uh, so what happens is, and and here's the you know as you said, here's the importance of understanding how to rightly divide and 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 making sure we understand who who and to what the covenants apply to. So there was a covenant that was made with Abraham, 
Mm-hmm. That covenant that was made with Abraham was a land covenant. It was uh, how God was going to bring Abraham and his seed, uh, his physical seed, uh, ultimately Isaac and Jacob, into a specific land so that they could be his people, so that he could uh, reach other nations through that nation. Um, And that was unconditional. And that that was unconditional, as we saw, I believe, in Genesis 15, when God put Mm -hmm. Abraham to sleep and he passed through the pieces. Yes. Mm -hmm. Okay, so, but, but, but again, I want you to make sure you understand, that part of the covenant was unconditional, and it was a land covenant. It was a physical covenant. Okay, but then God also made promises to Abraham that through his seed, all the nations of the earth would be blessed. And that promise, okay, uh, isn't just to the nation of Israel. That promise ultimately is going to extend uh, to the Gentiles. uh, And we are going to, quote unquote, get in on that promise, uh, if you will, uh, when uh, you get to the, uh, the, the quote unquote, uh, church age, the body of Christ. Mm-hmm. See, where I think a lot of people uh, kind of mess this thing up is that they think that the grafting in uh, of, of the, 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 the Gentiles to the Israel, they think the grafting in was on the covenant. Okay. That's not what we were grafted in on. We were grafted in on the promises. Those are two different things. Mm-hmm. And Paul's very, very clear about that over in Galatians. Mm-hmm. So you can't even mess it up. Um, he, well, you can, and a lot of people do, but you shouldn't because Paul gave us the, the, uh, the Bible yeah. <laughs> uh, on that subject of, yeah. of how not to mess that up. Um, and so the thing we need to know about that, that, uh, promise, and I don't want to spend a lot of time there, but I will just say this, that promise was before the foundation of the earth. Mm. That promise was never revealed in its entirety. Uh, I would say even, you know, nobody even in the Old Testament even could understand it until Paul came on the scene in Acts chapter 9 when he went up into Arabia with Christ, and that's where Christ revealed it to him. So none of the Jews in the Old Testament, leading all the way up to Acts 9, which means none of the disciples, none of Peter, none of them knew it. And what was that promise that the dispensation of grace was going to be uh, instituted uh, which which is a completely new creature. You know, when people say that, uh, oh, the church has replaced Israel, well, no, that's not true. Because if that's true, then why did God make a new creature? <laughs> a new creature is a new creature. Yeah. Okay? It's it's, it's, it's something new. And, and it had never been revealed before. The, the, the promises of how that was going to be fulfilled, nobody could understand them because God didn't reveal them um, until— Paul comes on the scene, and Paul talks about this in 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 real deep, uh, 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 in a deep way in, in Ephesians chapter one, two, and three. Yeah. And if you want to understand the body of Christ, if you want to understand the purpose of the church, if you want to understand the point of the church, if you want to understand all those things, it's all there. You better make sure you understand Ephesians one, two, and three. And, and I'm just not so sure many do, unfortunately. And I, and you can just as you listen to people, as you talk to people, you know they don't because you can just listen to what they're saying, and they're not. They're not filling in the gaps that Ephesians fills in. Now, that's that. We're talking about today the Mosaic Covenant. So we're trying to figure out how we got from the Abrahamic Covenant that was made to the physical seed of Abraham, which was Isaac, which was then made to the physical seed of Isaac, which was Jacob, and we talked about that. Mm -hmm. Um, And Jacob, of course, uh, he has 12 sons. 
one of those sons uh, ends up in, in, in Egypt because the other 11 are, are envious of him. Uh, he ends up becoming a, a, a leader within Egypt. Um, and uh, ultimately, Israel, uh, because of a great famine, uh, Israel, Jacob, and his family, Israel, because Israel and Jacob, it's the same people, they moved down into Egypt. And uh, after the uh, uh, Joseph dies, uh, there arises a pharaoh that didn't know Joseph, puts, is, puts Israel uh, as a nation, the physical nation, under bondage. Yeah. Uh, and, and they spend... Uh, obviously, uh, quite some time down in there in, in Egypt. Next 400 years. Right? <laughs> and, then, and then one day, right, uh, Moses is on the scene now, who, by the way, uh, he was, uh, he, he grew up in uh, uh, the Egyptian house, right? Yeah. So he, he was saved. Uh, uh, the, the, the Pharaoh wanted to kill all the baby boys there. Uh, Moses gets saved. Pharaoh's daughter raises uh, Moses. Um, and there comes a point where, where, where Moses starts to realize something isn't right here. But remember, he was grown up in all the Egyptian ways. That's why when you get into, you know, some of the things that's going on in Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy, you've got to ask yourself and scratch your head, where did he get all this stuff from? Because he wouldn't have known none, none of this. Uh, this is, you know, he, he didn't just make this stuff up. He was grown up in the Egyptian ways, which are going to be very different than what goes on in, 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 in a lot of the, uh, uh, the laws, if you will, that God passes down to, to Abraham. Um, I'm sorry, uh, M- Moses. But regardless, <clears throat> Moses, we, we know the scene. He's at the, the burning bush. Uh, God tells him he's the I am that I am. Uh, he, he sends Moses uh, back to Egypt. Uh, and then we know the whole saga there in Exodus where he pulls uh, uh, through the 10 plagues and all that stuff. He, 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 he delivers Egypt um, Israel out of Egypt. They go through the Red Sea, uh, and God's got a place that he wants to bring them. And, and we kind of pick that up in Exodus 19. Uh, he brings them to Mount Sinai. And uh, on Mount Sinai, this is where God is going to now establish what, where the Abrahamic covenant was established with a person that was passed down to a person yeah. that was passed down to a person. Now God is extending that to a nation. He wants to use this nation— to further his goal. His goal's never changed. It's always been win people to God, teach them of his ways, to send them to go do the same thing. The nation of Israel was supposed to be a kingdom of priests that was supposed to go do that. So he lays down all these laws. And by the way, um, when you look at the law, okay, one of the interesting things about it is this is kind of what things are going to be like in the millennial kingdom. Uh, these are civil laws yeah. that God's laying down. So, so although we don't have to live by these civil laws today because we're not under the law, uh, there is some really good information in there that, hey, man, if we just took some of that stuff to heart, uh, you know, follow some of the sanitary laws, follow some, you know, should we be raping women? No, we shouldn't. You know, should we be killing children? No, we shouldn't. Like, there's a bunch of stuff, you know, there's a bunch of stuff in there that, uh, hey, uh, God hasn't changed his mind on this stuff. Okay, um, and and so uh, although the law is, is is certainly very very good for all of those reasons, um, we do need to remember that the law was given to Israel, and he makes that he makes that very clear many many times. Yes, and, and just so we're clear, uh, Paul makes it very clear the the body of Christ is not under the law. Uh, Genesis. Um, Galatians right. three comes to mind right off the bat. Romans he talks about it quite a bit. Um, so 
Um, so with that being said, what we want to talk about now is this Mosaic Covenant and, and, and what, uh, what is the uh, defining points of it and um, you know, what was the failure of it? Because obviously there's going to be a failure of it. That's going to lead to the next one, which is the Davidic Covenant. And so the reason that we have the Mosaic Covenant, uh, is that because there was a failure in the Abrahamic Covenant? Could we say that, or should we not, just for our listeners, because we were talking about that earlier before we started this episode, how, how would you speak to that? Because we have referenced before that oftentimes a new covenant or a dispensation comes in because of the failure of a previous one. Yeah, you know, how, I, how would you? You know, I think that, here's the thing I'm, uh, I would say that, yes, there are certain things that Abraham did um, that would have been failures. Um, you know, he didn't believe God in, in, the, in the child, listened to his wife instead, yeah. bear, bear, you know, they get, they, uh, Hagar, Hagar uh, Ishmael, sure. mm-hmm. and obviously God put a lot of consequences on that, that yeah, they're still fine. dealing with today because of it, yeah, right? Um, and, and certainly God went down to Egypt for help, uh, or I'm sorry, uh, Abraham. Abraham went down to Egypt for help. And so certainly there are some things in there where, where Abraham's failures uh, are, are noted. Um, but, but I would say this, um, there wasn't ever a failure in the covenant itself because God made it. Absolutely. And there couldn't be. There was nothing Abraham could do to negate. We need to distinguish that. Yes. There was nothing Abraham could do to negate it because when, when God passed through those pieces of animals over there in Genesis uh, 15, uh, he, these were, I will statements. He put Abraham to sleep. Yeah. And he, these were, I will statements. These are things that he is going to do despite what, or in, in, you know, no, no matter what Abraham did. Yeah. Um, but but okay. we don't want to lose the fact that Abraham was counted as righteous. Yeah. He did believe God. Absolutely. And, and he did do uh, much of what God asked him to do. Um, but when mo- the Mosaic Covenant starts to enter into to, to shape, it was it was you know kind of moving the buck forward. Mm-hmm. You know God's God's got a plan here, and and, and his his plan ultimately is always to put his son on the throne. Mm-hmm. That's what all these covenants are about. Mm-hmm. It's leading us to putting his son on the throne. So never lose sight of that. And by the way, putting his son on the throne would only be applicable and quote unquote um, um, something that really would resonate with the nation of Israel. You know, it doesn't resonate with us because he shouldn't be on the throne of Israel with us. He should be on the throne of our heart. That's a different deal. You know, we got to make sure. We, that's why you got to make sure you don't cross the physical with the spiritual. Where, where that's where most people are going to mess up in their understanding of biblical things. Okay. So just thinking about this from a linear perspective of the covenants laying out throughout history, this is God trying, not trying, but he's fulfilling Genesis 3.15 ultimately. I mean, that's the, that's the whole point of, of, of the whole thing because it's about that seed. And so these covenants are God building up on, on, on fulfilling that particular you know, verse. I mean, he's going to be prom- he, he predestined the nation of Israel, just like he predestined the church as a whole from the foundations of the world. But he needed to do that so that he could fulfill his plan and, and, and now, fulfill, fulfill Genesis three fifteen. Stop, stop, stop real quick. Hold on a minute, because something you said that I want to make sure we get it right. Okay. He predestined the church before the foundation of the before earth. the foundation of the earth. Predestined Israel after the foundation of the earth. And this is how he was bringing. Those it are to two pass. different things. I just want to Did make sure I say it wrong? Well, you maybe put both of them in the same. You put both of them in the same thing, okay. and, and you don't. When you My read, bad. when you read through it, you're going to see the church, the body of Christ, was before yeah, before the foundation. God made Earth. Mm. That that's going back into eternity past. That's right. It wasn't until after the foundation of the Earth that He moved with Israel. Genesis 
Abraham in Genesis 11, Genesis 12, right, right. etc. And and you see there's verses that you see where God doesn't mince words. He says it the exact right way. And and I do want to make note of that because there is a difference. Sure. God made sure there's a difference. He he lets us know. So when you see something happening before the foundation of the earth, right there you should go, "Oh, okay, that has something to do with the the body of Christ. Yeah. He was the lamb before the foundation. Mm-hmm. What does the lamb have to do with <laughs> right. to do with us, yeah. right? He is the lamb the, the, the Lamb of God, which is going to take away the sins of the world. world. So that's not just Jews. That's everybody. Correct. Amen. Yeah. Right? So he uses this Abrahamic covenant to begin to establish his, his people because yes. they, were, they weren't there before that. They come from that. So he, now that's what he's doing through Abraham. And I got it. My people have to have a land. So he gives them that land and then they have to be a people. And, and when, you get, when you get to Mosaic covenant, now you're seeing the people, the nation of Israel actually starting to become that. And so now he has to have these laws that to give to his, his And don't his forget, don't forget, okay, let's make sure we get this because this is very important. Don't forget that the ultimate purpose of all of this, as I said, is to put Jesus on the throne. Mm-hmm. But within putting Jesus on the throne, it's also so that there could pave, be a paved way for sons of God to be on planet Earth again. Because up to this point, since Adam fell, yeah. there are none. The image was gone. There's no way anybody had the ability to be a son of God until yeah. Christ came yeah. and absolutely died on that cross. Absolutely. John 1, 12, and 14 make that very, right. very clear. Yep. Yeah, 100%. Um, very good. So I, I know we're going to head over to Exodus in just a moment, um, chapters 19 and, and I think chapter 24. So those that are listening, if you want to just know know that, maybe get ready. But uh, Pastor Frank, I wanted to just ask you one thing um, in reference to something you said just a minute ago. Um, in regard to Egypt, and as we were kind of going through from Abraham to Isaac to Jacob, and and then Moses there, and how Joseph was there in Egypt, and and, and Pharaoh had the dream there um, of the seven years of famine, the seven years of plenty, and, and so he's given the interpretation, and and so Joseph is put as Pharaoh's right hand man, all that deal. Knowing what we know about Egypt and how God feels about it, what He says in His Word about it, we've discussed that many times here why do you think Egypt was allowed to have seven years of plenty so that Israel would eventually have to come, those 11 sons would have to come to Egypt for that? Um, Was it about his brother? Was it about a message as far as, um, you know, going to the world, so to speak, for your sustenance eventually led to their slavery? Um, what are your thoughts on that as far as why I think God? You, I think you just Would said that be it? it? I think you just said it. Egypt, all through the Bible, um, there's no questions asked. Um, God referenced Egypt as a picture of the world. Yeah. You know, God, you know, and I think we've talked about this before, and let's just make sure we emphasize this. God uh, teaches through similitudes, definitely, pictures. Definitely. He, he, he always is picturing stuff. That's how he teaches all his major doctrines. You, there's not one major doctrine in all the Bible. None that I can even even think of uh, that that doesn't have some kind of similitude to 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 show how this doctrine fits. A type or picture right. in the Old Testament. Right. There's no doubt about or even in the New Testament. I would say. Okay. Um, you know, like Ephesians five talks about how Christ in the church represents the husband and the wife and the sure. marriage. So Absolutely. they're all over the place. That's that's how God teaches. Uh-huh. Um, that's why if you want to teach a doctrine. Uh, and I don't, I don't want to go on a bunny trail here, but but if you believe in mid-trib or post-trib, okay, great. That sounds good. Show me the picture. Well, man, uh, listen, I, I don't know how much I know of the Bible and don't. I'm just telling you, man, I still to this day cannot find a picture of a mid- or a post-trib rapture. Mm-hmm. 
I can find pictures of pre-trib raptures. I, I could probably name me 10 of them right now. That's just how you know mm -hmm. that this is of God or it's not. It's not just about what you're reading because you, what you read, you can mess up. You could you could mess that up because if you're not interpreting it right, you can mess it up. That's why God says don't privately interpret because you can mess up. You want to know how God teaches you? He teaches through similitudes. That's how he does it. So he brings Israel down into Egypt as a representation of the world because he wanted to ultimately pull a similitude out of that because what happens? Well, while Israel's in the world, right, uh, Egypt, uh, they become in bondage. Yeah. They become enslaved. Uh, there's, uh, I think it's an Isaiah, if I remember correctly. Uh, I, I'm pretty sure uh, that is that is right. Where where it likens Pharaoh to Satan. Yes. Um, you know, so uh, you start working through all of this, and you start seeing all the all the examples. You know, uh, the Red Sea is a is a picture of baptism, and and we know that because. Paul talks about it over there in 1 Corinthians 10. He does. Um, there are so many things that happened in, in that Exodus picture okay. that pictures the believer yeah. in, in Christ and how we come to salvation today. I mean, think about the Passover, right? Um, yeah. You know, you had to take a lamb <laughs> on the 10th of Nisan. Without you had to blemish. Inspect it. Yeah. You know, and then on the 14th, you had to, 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 to kill it and apply the blood to the doorpost. And when, and when you applied the blood, the blood to the doorpost, you had to strike the doorpost. Where? In three areas. Well, if you look at the three areas that, they were, that, that you struck the, the blood, it forms a cross. Like God's picturing stuff all the time. He's always doing this. And, and for me, that's one of the greatest uh, reasons. Yeah. Why you should really dig into this book, man? Yeah. Because if you really want to understand something, God's not going to hide it. He it's, doesn't. He doesn't want to hide it. Yeah. But he does say, "Study to show thyself worthy right. and approved." Yeah. And he'll start revealing stuff. You'll be like, "Oh my gosh, this makes you have perfect to work sense. for it." Yeah. yeah, this makes perfect sense, and you yeah. start to see it. So he did that. Okay. That's that's why they were brought down into Egypt. And that that makes makes great sense. And so it makes me wonder. Okay, did they did they have to go to Egypt for their sustenance, and, and then? If they didn't, I just, you know, just me thinking, or we don't have to park here, but what would have happened? You know, could they have gone somewhere else or, and would it have been different? I mean, well, well, obviously God, no, they couldn't. And I'll tell you why, because in Genesis uh, 15, God says that they are going to go into a, a, a land that they, did, they, 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 they did not know. And they would come out with great. Substance. Yeah, that's true. They had to go to Egypt. And the reason why, because at that time, Egypt was the power of the world. Yeah. So it's not as if God was calling them into Egypt. He doesn't do that. Although I will say in Hosea 11, 1, he does says, out of Egypt, I will call my son. Right. But what I'm saying is he- Out of Egypt. Out of, yeah. out of, he was That's the picture he's yeah. trying to say. Correct. Yeah. So what yeah. I'm saying is, it's not like he called his people into Egypt <laughs> to come get the food. Right. Is that what we're saying? I mean, uh, but though he prophesied that it would happen. Yeah. I yeah. guess. It's yeah, kinda, I would say that's a better way to say okay. it. Okay. God always knows. God always knows. Yeah. God always knows. It's not that God forces people to do things. God just knows foreknowledge. what they're going to do. Correct. Sure. Because <laughs> it's in his foreknowledge. Yeah. And ultimately what happened in Egypt was also so that God could show forth his glory. Because, I mean, that's exactly what he did in that Exodus picture. Absolutely. With the plagues and, and it just showed, it showed his well, glory to his people, future people, and also to Egypt. Egypt. Mm -hmm. Well, and each one of those plagues were against an Egyptian god. Right. Correct. So, you see him again in Revelation, too. Yeah, well, <laughs> it's a, it, everything that's going on in all those plagues are what's going to go on. What has been shall be. In, in the book of Revelation, yeah, yeah that's Amen. it's it's a 
an interesting thing, but cool. okay, yeah. Okay, good deal. Well, awesome. So let's jump into um, Exodus 19, I believe we're going to start there. Is that right, Chris? Okay, yeah. I can read Exodus 19, 1 through... So just and, before you do that, yeah, um, 1 through 8, one I think, eight, right? Yeah. Uh, before you do that, let's just make sure the, 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 the listeners... Uh, no, not not viewers, <laughs> got listeners. It. And maybe one day uh, we'll have viewers. Yeah, I got We're about it. a year in. And <laughs> yep, I, got, I finally got it. It takes me a while. Um, but, uh, you know, Moses has, has uh, brought the, uh, the nation of Israel now out of Egypt, uh, and mm-hmm. God has led him to this mountain called Mount Sinai. Uh, and, and, and on this mountain, he, he makes some very... You know, man, I wish we could park. No. We've talked about it before, right? Uh, oh, yes. The picture, the picture the of the similitude. second coming. <laughs> similitude. The picture of the second Abounding, coming in Exodus yeah. 19 is ridiculous. Uh, but we just don't have the time to do that. Mm. But for right now, let's just talk about the fact that God's about to institute the next covenant, and that covenant's going to be made with a nation now. That's where we are in Exodus 19. So okay. go ahead, Chris. All right. So if you got your Bibles, you got a good thing, right? Okay. Open up to Exodus 19, uh, and we'll start in verse 1, read to verse 8. And it says, In the third month... When the children of Israel were gone forth out of the land of Egypt, the same day came they into the wilderness of Sinai, for they were departed from Rephidim, I don't know if I said that right or not, and were come to the desert of Sinai and had pitched in the wilderness, and there Israel camped before the mount. And Moses went up unto God, and the Lord called upon him unto him out of the mountain, saying, Thou shalt thou say to the house of Jacob, and tell the children of Israel, Ye have seen what I did unto the Egyptians, and how I I bear you on eagles' wings and brought you unto myself. And man, we could park on that one for some prophetic stuff, but we won't. Now, therefore, if you will obey my voice, there's the if, if you will obey my voice indeed and keep my covenant, then ye shall be a peculiar treasure unto me above all people, for all the earth is mine. And ye shall be unto me a kingdom of priests and an holy nation. I'm just seeing some church stuff echoing in the similitudes here. Um, there, these are the words which thou spake unto the children of Israel. And Moses come and, and called for the elders of the people and laid before their faces all these words which the Lord commanded him. And all the people answered together and said, All that the Lord hath spoken we will do. And Moses returned the words of the people unto the Lord. There's a bunch of stuff in those verses, really. <laughs> one thing, off subject for just one second, mm-hmm. um, but um, when you go back to that verse 4, when it says there, you have seen what I did unto the Egyptians, and how I mm-hmm. bear you on eagles' wings mm-hmm. and brought you unto myself. Uh, man, if you wanted a proof evidence of, of what's going on in Revelation 12. That's what I was thinking, yeah. Yeah, uh, when when God bears mm-hmm. Israel eagle's on eagles' wings. Uh, you know, But everyone thinks that the, the woman is the church or Mary or somebody like that. Well, when did, when did God bear them into the wilderness? Because he brings the woman in, in Revelation 12 into the wilderness. That's good. It's, mm-hmm. it's 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 come on, undeniable. Come on, if you're come on, guys. Rightly, let's divide, let's yeah. go, man. Let's let's rightly divide this book and get it right, and we'll know who that woman is in Revelation twelve. But that's different, different. Uh, it's good though, different deal. All right, so so obviously this leads to now God is getting ready, and what He does right after this, uh, the, the, this uh, these eight verses, is uh, He's going to start setting up some some things that uh, hey, you know, tell 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 the children of Israel they need to. They need to go to the end of the mountain. Don't come up on the mountain, because if you come up on the mountain, you're going to die. Yeah. Okay? And he starts laying out some things. Uh, Moses goes up in the mount, right? And and he receives uh, two things. No, let's note that. Not one thing. Two things when he's up in that mount. He receives the moral law, the Ten Commandments, and he receives the tabernacle, which ultimately is going to be the guidelines to the ceremonial law. Okay? And so he's up on that mount. He gets those things, and he comes down. 
Um, and and uh, so uh, in in you know going through the next couple of chapters, you also see God start into instituting some civil laws. Okay, but then you get to chapter twenty four, and this is where the and what we would call the Old Testament, if you will, gets ratified because you can't have a testament without blood. Okay, understand that it's an important thing. There has to be some some some, some kind of a shedding of blood for a testament. Yeah. Okay, and when you get to chapter twenty four, uh, Robert, you want to read verses three through eight. We'll see what happens here. So, real quick before you start reading, I just want to po- point out that verse five in, in Exodus nineteen is is where you see this the covenant, and, it, and he does say if. So it, this makes this a, a conditional covenant, correct? I agree. Okay. Yeah. It says, if you obey right. my voice indeed and right. keep my covenant. Because yeah. we're just identifying which covenants are unconditional and conditional, so I want to make sure that our, our listeners know that. Very good. Exodus uh, 24, verse 3. And Moses came and told the people all the words of the Lord and all of the ju- uh, all the judgments, and all the people answered with one voice and said, all the words which the Lord has said will we do. And Moses wrote all the words of the Lord and rose up early in the morning and builded an altar under the under the hill and twelve pillars, according to the twelve tribes of Israel. And he sent young men of the children of Israel, which offered burnt offerings and sacrificed peace offerings of oxen unto the Lord. And Moses took half of the blood and put it in basins, and half of the blood he sprinkled on the altar. And he took the book of the covenant and read in the audience of the people. And they said, All that the Lord hath said will we do. And be obedient. And Moses took the blood and sprinkled it on the people and said, Behold, the blood of the covenant, which the Lord hath made with you concerning all these words. All right. So um, some some very important things are going on here. Mm-hmm. Number one, uh, I want to make sure that we are uh, in understanding of something. In the tabernacle, uh, there is the altar of sacrifice. So mm-hmm. we've been talking about that um, at One Baptist Church on Sundays for, for quite some time now. We've been going through the tabernacle. Um, that, that, that first play thing that you come to in the tabernacle is the altar of sacrifice. Yeah. On that altar of sacrifices, there are five sacrifices that are made. Mm-hmm. And matter of fact, that's exactly what we're talking about in our Sunday services right now. But I want you to notice that God hasn't given them the... Uh, the, the the blueprints of the tabernacle yet. That's not till twenty five. Okay. But notice what offerings are told to do. The burnt and the peace. Interesting. And you have to ask yourself a question: Why those offerings? So you have a burnt offering, you have a, uh, a meat offering, you have a peace offering, a trespass offering, and a sin offering. Yeah. Okay. Why is God telling them to do a burnt and a peace offering? before he's even given them the blueprints to do it. So there's something to that. Okay. And so we'll, 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 we'll delve into that as we continue to talk about this covenant, but I just want to point that out right now. Okay. It's because it is interesting. Now, what I will say to to, to this point uh, in the, in the Bible, uh, and what I mean by that is from Genesis one to Exodus 24 to this point, uh, the only offerings that had been made were burnt offerings. So uh, what I want what I want to say is that the burnt offering then clearly pre pre <laughs> uh, was done pre law. That's important. 
to understand that. It's done in the garden. Right. <laughs> uh, you would think on the Genesis, when, when God uh, made the coat of skins, right. uh, that's potentially possible. But no doubt, uh, that's what um, uh, Abel brought to the to the table. Mm-hmm. So so this burnt offering uh, pre, uh, is pre-law. Um, by the way, so is tithing, but that's another another story. Oh, you know, and, and I love how people go to Abraham and say, well, no, Abraham did it just this one time. Well, then how come Isaac did it? How come, how, how come he tithed? No, no. So anyways, that's, it's all, it's, it's crazy. Anyways, that's all pre-law. Okay. Um, so, 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 so to say that this was given only to, um, 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 the nation of Israel, uh, would be, would be incorrect. And, and so here's the thing you want to know about the burnt offering. Ultimately what happens at the burnt offering uh, at the table uh, 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 or at the altar in the tabernacle, it represents justification. It represents Jesus dying on the altar for our sins. It represents the shedding of blood. The burnt offering. Yes. Yeah. You you had to kill an animal <laughs> to put him on the altar. And then everything that went on, why? Because what God was doing was he was uh, consecrating that animal to make it holy so that it would now be able to be used for his use. Do you think we could say that's what Exodus 12 was about with the Passover lamb? No doubt about it. Okay. Absolutely. 100%. What were they supposed to do yeah. after they killed the lamb? Yeah. Right. They were supposed to eat it with haste. Exactly. You have to cook it to eat it. Yeah. Right. So no doubt about it. Absolutely. 100%. The point is, is God's showing us in his pictures, as he always does, that this burnt offering, there's something about this thing, man. There, there's something to this. Uh, remember when uh, Abraham took uh, his boy up there on the mountain? Was yeah. going to sacrifice Isaac? Yes, sir. Right? Uh, again, all pictures of the burnt offering. All of it. Why would you bring wood? Why would you bring fire? Oh, fire, yeah. Why would you bring all that? Because well, it was a burnt offering that was going to be made. That's good. Okay? Um, so there's a lot of, man, I wish we could just kind of sit, sit there for a while. But all I'll say is, you know, hey, if you want to kind of learn a little bit more about this burnt offering, we we, we preached uh, on, on our Sunday messages. Uh, go to uh, One Baptist jacks.world and, and, and you can find our messages and I'm pretty sure it's even t- entitled the burnt offering so you can find it fairly easy and you can really dig into that and I, I would suggest you do that because man it really helps you understand um, but but you know he doesn't mention the uh, meat offering he doesn't mention the trespass offering he doesn't mention the sin he says do the burnt and the peace offering why well what's what, what what's going on there what is what is a peace offering? Why, why? What is the point of that? Now, in our church, we haven't talked about that yet. Um, we're talking about that tomorrow. Matter of fact, uh, so there you go. So if you're listening, if you're listening right now, you will have the ability to go back and listen to something that we are going to preach. Uh, it'll be available to you. But what is the peace offering? See, we have to understand something. When when Adam and Eve did what they did against God, what they ultimately what ultimately happened is they lost fellowship with God. And if you will, if we can say it this way, uh, we became enemies of God. When we have sin upon us, we become enemies of God. And the only, the only way you can ever uh, uh, make a, a, a uh, reconciliation between two people is there has to be peace made between them. If two nations are at war, there has to be peace that has to come, right? Mm-hmm. So what God's doing here and why he says... Okay, do the burnt offering. I'm going to show you that it's me and me alone who's going to take care of the problem. 
And then I'm going to make you do a peace offering to show you that it's me and me alone that's going to bring the peace. And that peace is going to come through that burnt offering. He doesn't let them, he, he doesn't tell them to do the sin offering. Why? Because he's not taking care of the sin right now. Okay. No trespass offering, no meat offering. You can't do the meat offering because the meat offering is all about bearing fruit. Ah. Okay, so you can't do that. We haven't even established anything yet. You're in the so, wilderness now. <laughs> right, so you can't do that. So there was no way they could do any of those offerings at that moment. The only offerings they could do was the burnt and the peace, and there was something very, very specific to why they were doing those offerings. God was setting the stage for something. Again, it's a picture. He's setting the stage. And by the way, in that, take the blood, sprinkle it over everything. Why? Because there's something about this blood, man. It's, 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 it. did that blood at that moment do anything? No, of course not. It was the blood of an animal, Yeah, but it was picturing something. Definitely. And that's what God does. He consistently pictures things. Mm. So, interesting. Okay. so with all that being said, so, okay, what do we got going on now? Well, now we're moving into this, the law and you're going to find, um, through most of the rest of Exodus, uh, uh, into, uh, Leviticus into uh, much of n- numbers, uh, and then obviously Deuteronomy is the second law. That's what it means. And what that means is not that there was a second law. It was God retelling the law again. Yeah. Okay. Making sure that we really got this stuff. And and so when you start looking at all these things, God is instituting this thing to Israel that we would call the the dispensation of the law. Okay. This is the period of time where um, God's laying down his, uh, his criteria for man to come to him, okay? Within all of this, there are three major parts of this. And I, you know, some people agree with this, some people don't. It's regardless. You can kind of see that there are laws that were given from a civil standpoint, okay? In other words, hey, if if so-and-so does so-and-so to so-and-so, then this is what happens to so-and-so. You know, we would, we would call that the laws of our land, right? So Definitely. if you commit murder in our land, then you go to jail. Okay. We're civilized people. Right. 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 So, so there, there are definitely laws that were given from a, to act as a civilization. Okay. Then there was definitely laws that were given, uh, that were moral. You know, it's, it's, it's against, you know, your, your, your 10 commandments, if you will, mm-hmm. it is interesting how they're broken up. Um, you have the first three laws are uh, to God, right? Um, then, then you have uh, the, the, the fourth law, which is, is the Sabbath, which breaks it up. And then laws five through uh, uh, 10 is uh, how man treats man, mm. right? Um, so that's interesting. Yeah. Um, and by the way, you know, we could look at the Trinity with all that and there's sure. all kinds of things we could do with that. Each, each one of the first three is against God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. You know, we could, we could play that game with the, with the law and all that, and, and and we you know we could take our time and do that, but we're not going to do that. What, what do you want to say, Chris? Yeah. So I mean, you're talking about those ten commandments. First of all, it's in Exodus 20 where you find those ten commandments. That, yeah. They're listed out, but it's it's interesting because it made me think of what Jesus does with that law now, and that he sums it up in just two, right? Those two great commandments, love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. And the second is love your neighbor as yourself. Well, that first great commandment sums up the first three of the ten, which have to do with our relationship with God. And that second great commandment sums up 
five through five through ten, which is our relationship with our fellow man. So he takes that law and he sums it up in those two great commandments for today. So the moral law is always present. It's always there. He wrote it on our hearts. Um, and, and what Jesus did was he ramped it up and to a spiritual level for us today in this dispensation. And he takes those two commandments and he, he sums it all up. Of course, number, number four is the Sabbath. I think that's there's something special about that law for the, the nation of Israel. But And Galatians 3 says it's our schoolmaster. It is our schoolmaster, yeah. yes, absolutely. Amen. To show us that we're sinners. Mm-hmm. Mm. But yeah, this this particular covenant is broken up into those those three types of law: moral, civil, and ceremonial. Sure, it, cer- it certainly appears that way. Uh, the, you now know, you you said this is debated. Where is that debated? Well, I, you know, I think I think some people won't won't separate them in, in such a way. Really, you know, and that and that's fine. I mean, you know, there there is no specific where it says ceremonial law. Yeah. Okay. But, all right. So you know, okay, I, you know, I I think we do. I get that. Uh, but regardless how you want to look at it, okay. there are certainly things that were done in that tabernacle yeah. that we don't do today. Yeah. There are certainly things that— Well, that'd be the book of Leviticus. Right. Would you say a lot oh, of Oh, absolutely. Yeah. That's the whole book of Leviticus, yeah. sure. Um, there's certainly things that were um, given to the nation of Israel that don't apply to us today. And what I mean by that is, um, you know, well, listen, if you get caught in adultery, you're to, to stone them to death. I mean, do we do that today? I to mean, stone no. each other for a lot of things. Yeah. So, <laughs> Almost anything you, you know, do wrong. We're not talking about— Or eating certain things, wearing certain things, right, you know, right. all that. So, you know, so there is definitely a lot of that going on. Uh, and then, of course, you know, certainly that moral law, mm-hmm. um, you know, mm-hmm. there's no doubt it applies okay. not just to the nation of Israel, but to all of us mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. Paul makes it says, hey, it's our schoolmaster that leads us to Christ. Yeah. You know, it's not the ceremonial law. It's not the the the, uh, the civil law, if you will, that leads us to Christ. It's that moral law that leads us to Christ. Amen. And so, um, you know, so again, uh, I don't want to debate that. I don't know that it's worth yeah, debating. Sure. Um, but it seems pretty evident, though. To, to me, me, it does. Okay. But okay. To some people, it doesn't. So, okay. you know, hey, uh, neither here nor there. It is what it is. Uh, okay. Um, but um, so the thing that I want you to understand is, is okay, so this law, uh, you know, God in, in, in Deuteronomy, um, uh, as he's kind of wrapping this thing up, if you will, uh, and, and moving Israel forward with everything, He's about to getting ready to bring him into the promised land, okay? And and throughout all of this, as God's delivering all the law to him, the, the people are constantly saying, all that the, you say in the law, we will do. Right. And, and God says, if you do this, I'll do this. If you do this, I'll do this. So definitely it is, an, is a conditional thing going on here. Uh, this is an unconditional. Um, and, and we see without any question uh, that as God's moving into and getting ready to bring them into that land finally uh, there, uh, I believe it's Deuteronomy 28. Let me just make sure that that is correct before I go telling everybody that and then it's not. <clears throat> Let me turn to 28 real quick. I should have already been there. My apologies. But I'm pretty sure it's De- Deuteronomy 28 where he says, yeah, and it shall come to pass if thou shalt hearken diligently unto the voice of thy God. And then what he does is in Deuteronomy twenty-eight, he lays out all the blessings mm-hmm. that will come upon them if they do what they're supposed to do, and all the curses that will come upon them if they don't. Right. Okay. And so Deuteronomy twenty-eight is a very important passage. By the way, it's also in Deuteronomy twenty-eight that tells you what's going to happen if you don't do it what I'm going to do to you and when I'm going to bring you back into the land. Uh, uh-huh. <laughs> That's an interesting little yeah. little, little deal there. Uh, but uh, beside the point, um, so, uh, you know, you start to, you start to look at uh, the, 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 what 
Israel did after the fact. Okay, so they get into the land, and 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 you start to go through. Uh, you know, this is after uh, uh, um, Joshua. Now, mm-hmm. by the way, Joshua is an interesting book within itself. Definitely, um, Joshua. That name Joshua in the Hebrew is the same name used for Jesus Amen. in the Greek. Um, how long did it take Joshua to usurp the land from the Canaanites? Seven, seven years. years. Uh, you know, you start looking at Revelation and and and, and Joshua, and you start seeing a lot of. A lot of similarities. Yeah. Um, and when I say a lot, uh, <laughs> I'm saying a lot, um, which again is another evidence to the fact that uh, you know God's not done with Israel. Amen. <laughs> okay. Um, he, you want to see what's going on in Revelation, and you want to know how God's going to go about doing what He's going to do when Jesus returns. Just look at Joshua, and you're going to get a going to get a real good idea of it. Um, you want to know the path Jesus is going to take? Go read Amos, and you're going to know the path He's going to yeah. take. Um, so, um, just just interesting stuff there. But uh, but but ultimately, what we find out is, is after they usurp the land over there in in, in uh, Joshua, Judges hits, mm-hmm. and now here comes the downfall of Israel. Sure, it's the beginning of the end. If yeah, you know. it's true. You know, Judges starts to show how uh, Israel is 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 not doing what they're supposed to be doing. Back and forth and back and God forth. God has to raise up judges to get them back on track, and then they fall back down again, and God has to bring up another judge to get them back on track. And we see this whole cycle going on, and where it ends in the end of uh, of, of, of Joshua says, and, and there was no king in Israel, and every man did that which was right in their own eyes. Mm. By the way, there's no king in Israel today. And every man is doing that, which is right in their own eyes. Yeah. Uh, that's beside the point. Then you move into Kings mm-hmm. and, and Chronicles that, mm-hmm. that uh, you know, just so you understand, First and Second Kings talks mostly about the Northern Kingdom. First and Second Chronicles talks mostly about the Southern Kingdom. That's how you kind of connect the, the, mm. the books together, if you will. Um, and, and obviously we see uh, both, both, you know, the Northern Kingdom and the Southern Kingdom break up after the, uh, uh, the reign of Solomon. Uh, you know, it, uh, that's when the, f- the fracture happens. You have 10 kingdoms go to the north. You have two kingdoms go to the south. The south is where Jerusalem and, and Judah is, and yeah. the line of David is. To the north is the line of uh, uh, Rehoboam, if I remember it's correctly. It's Jeroboam and Rehoboam. They yeah, split, yeah, yeah. And so, uh, you know, you look at those northern kingdoms. There was 22 kings, and uh, literally none of them did anything right. They were they were completely in complete apostasy and and they fall into captivity to the Assyrian Empire in 722 BC just like God promised over there in Deuteronomy 28 and then the Southern Kingdom uh, their 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 judgment was pushed off a little bit because of those 22 kings that were also in the Southern Kingdom four of them actually did try to get things back right uh, but ultimately uh, they 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 also fail to live up to the law and they fall into captivity yeah. to uh, the Babylonian kingdom in 587 BC. And, and here's the deal, man, from, from 587 BC all the way to 1948 AD, mm-hmm. Israel was kicked out of their land. I mean, what I mean by that is that they just, they were under Gentile control. Um, although they remained in the land until 70 AD, uh, finally, it was in 70 AD when the Roman Empire came in and completely destroyed Jerusalem and everything, and that's when the diaspora—that's mm-hmm. uh, the the spreading pushing of the spreading yeah. the, the the Jew out, just like God said that He was going to do to them, he but did, they didn't yep. do. Okay, he and they were gone and out of that land for almost 2,000 years, man. Yeah. 
And it wasn't until 1948, which, by the way, Deuteronomy 28 and Zechariah 4 predicts to the exact year that he'd bring them back into their land, which mm. means he wasn't done with them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. Um, and, and, and all this stuff is taking place. Why? Why? Because what did Israel do? They failed to live up to the covenant sure. of the, the law. They didn't do what God told them to do. And that's the, you know, if you're going to have any takeaway to what's going on in the, uh, in the, in the, uh, the, the Mosaic covenant is, is uh, God laid out some very specific um, um, criteria to uh, how he wanted uh, the, the, the nation of Israel uh, to conduct themselves. Yeah. And they didn't. And so, listen, here's the thing that I think is interesting. There is a specific, when did the law end? Let me ask you guys that question. Let's see if, let's see. Well, let me, let me, let me, let me see what you guys think. When did the law end? This dispensation, when, when would it have ended? Well, Jesus said, uh, we, we know that Jesus came to fulfill the law. So when Jesus came, was the law still in effect? Yes, I believe it was. Well, Galatians 4, 4 yes. absolutely says it well. What, that it was, right? Uh, he was made under the law, <laughs> it says in Galatians 4.4. 4. Yes. So here's the thing you want to understand. When you're reading Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, mm-hmm. during the ministry of Jesus. Still Old Testament law. Do not miss the fact we are still under Old Testament law, mm-hmm. and that's what Jesus is talking about. So many people try to apply church, body of Christ stuff in those gospels, and... <laughs> It wasn't even revealed yet. Well, you need look no further than, I mean, whenever Jesus healed the leper or, or, or cleansed someone, they'd have to go present themselves to the priests. So, I mean, it, all, all, all through the Gospels, you see Old Testament um, practice, economy, you know, way of doing things. I guess like most, when, most people will say, oh, we're in the New Testament. So it's yeah, New Testament stuff. Right. No, it's not. Because my Bible says the New <laughs> I can think yeah. of one really blatantly large thing that happened was that when Mary conceived Jesus, she gave a sacrifice according to the law. I mean, but she was sinless. it was a sin sacrifice. But she was sinless. Yeah, right. So According I mean, was, to our Catholic friends. Yeah. And even yeah. Jesus told it the, the Jews, he's like, you know, if you would have listened to Moses and the prophets, you would have known that I was coming because Moses uh, prophesied of his coming in Deuteronomy 18, I think it was. Right. And so when it says that he came to fulfill the law, let's talk about that for a second. What does that mean? Did he come to fulfill the moral law? Ceremonial and civil law he fulfilled as the high priest. and I would say that the law that he came to fulfill was a ceremonial right. law. Definitely That's did. That's what he did. Hebrews is an outline of that. Yeah. So, you know, even then that kind of breaks him up a little bit. You know, mm. the, the, the schoolmaster, he didn't fulfill the schoolmaster, although I would say he probably kept that to a T. Yeah. He's the only one who could. Although, did he break the Sabbath? Ah, Interesting. See, the Sabbath is for man, right, not for God. Right. You see, so, so again, you That's know, interesting. Well, yeah, you got to listen. If we're going to start mm-hmm. spewing stuff out there, if I could say it that way, you better make sure you know what you're talking about before you say it. Mm. You know, oh, 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 Judas got saved. <sighs> could he? No, Jesus hadn't even died on the cross yet. How could Judas be saved? Yeah. He can't. I've heard that preached. Oh, I have too. So have you the same uh, message? <laughs> yeah, and it's like you're scratching your head. Yeah, going, come on, man. You it's guys crazy. Are, you're not rightly dividing mm-hmm. this right. Um, but so I say all that to say, so ultimately what led to the end of the law and when did the end of the law take place? And I would argue, I would argue it didn't take place when Jesus died on the cross. That's not when the law finished. 
I would argue that the law and the transition from the law to where we are now, the dispensation of grace, that didn't take place until Acts chapter 9. And the reason why I say that is because... Now think about this for a second, and let's go. Let's let's. We got three minutes here. Let's do this real quick. Go to Exodus uh, twenty. I want to show you something real quick. And you can call me crazy. Oh, definitely you are. And I probably am. Yeah. But I, I, <laughs> I just don't think I don't think so. <laughs> I, I'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna hang on this one because I really believe this. <laughs> so remember what I told you guys. The, the, when you break up the 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 Ten Commandments, it's interesting that three of them were. To God, mm-hmm. one of them, Jesus flat out tells us that the Sabbath is for man. Oh, he does. Right? So man, man for myself. And then five through 10 have to do with others, how we treat others. Mm-hmm. Don't commit murder. Don't commit adultery. Don't. That's what we do to other people. Okay? So, so, um, um, but the first three are to God. And so let's look at those real quick, right? It says uh, in, 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 in 20, uh, it says, and God spake all these words saying, and I'm in Exodus 20. I am the Lord thy God. And by the way, notice it's capital L-O-R-D, which is Yahweh, mm-hmm. thy God. And what does that G-O-D always stand for? Elohim, the triune God. That's the triune God. That's the Trinity. So he's making a, a, a reference here. Um, and it says, which have brought thee out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of bondage. And then the first one, he says, thou shalt have no other gods before me. Okay. So number one. I am God. There is none else. Right? So when God uh, said that he's going to prepare the way for the coming of the Lord in Isaiah chapter 40, he was going to send somebody to come and prepare. What did they do to the person that was supposed to prepare the way for the coming of the Lord? John the Baptist. They beheaded him. Okay. So there's, there's, so there's Israel. You just, you, just, you just knocked commandment number one. Now watch. Commandment number two. Thou shalt not make unto thee any graven image or any likeness of anything that is in heaven above or that is in the earth beneath or that is on the water under the eath. Thou shalt not bow down thyself to them nor serve them. For I, the Lord God, am a jealous God, visiting the iniquities of their fathers. Okay, so that likeness. Who, who in the Trinity would we have a likeness of? Jesus. Mm, Jesus Christ. And who is the one that people bowed down to when he was here? And worshipped him, mm-hmm. even uh, yeah. Jesus. What did they do to him? Put him on a cross. There we go. Okay, and now we got the third one, right? And it says, "Thou shalt not take the name of the Lord thy God in vain." Remember what Jesus said: mm. "You can blaspheme my name, you can blaspheme the Father's name, but you blaspheme the name of the Holy Ghost." Mm. That's it. What did they do, Stephen? The three. The three. The three right there in order, in order. Rejection. Took care of the first one, Rejection. took care of the second one, took care of the third one. God said, okay, I'm done. I'm done with you. That's it. They rejected the Holy Ghost over there in Acts mm-hmm. chapter 7, and now the transition takes place. And now we're moving. Here's the thing, though, okay? But is the law over? Well, no, <laughs> because it's going to go back. In the tribulation. That's what people don't understand. Mm -hmm. We are living in a... Parenthetical. Parenthetical. That's where we are. God has instituted this this new thing that that Israel knows nothing about. It was a mystery. Mm -hmm. Right? The 69th week 
has been put on hold. We are now in the dispensation of grace where it's a new thing. God says it. Uh, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. new creature. This is a new thing going on. This is not anything anybody knew anything about because I hid it from the before I ever even made the world, mm-hmm. and I didn't reveal it until Paul came on the scene. So that's the thing, like with this thing of the law and the dispensations, what you just said, it's God, we talk about it all the time. God, it's a chess match. God hit the, the clock. This period of time we're living in is God is not prophetically counting it. It's it's a, like you said a parenthetical. It's 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 a, that mystery of the church, and, and God's not counting time. He counts time based on who Israel and all those covenants that belong to Israel are are counted prophetically by God when when He's dealing with the nation of Israel. And so the law is not complete yet, as far as He still has to fulfill that with the nation of, concerning Correct. the nation of Israel in the book of uh, Revelation, the tribulation. And this is a pause. And think about it. What's the next covenant? The Davidic covenant, and that's when that gets fulfilled. But you want to know what people do? <laughs> sure. And this, unfortunately, this is where dispensationalists get messed up. They look at the Davidic covenant and think the fulfillment is in through us, and it's not. The Davidic covenant is given to Israel. It is. It has nothing to do with us. Mm-hmm. And then I would add the final one is the new covenant, mm-hmm. and that's found in Jeremiah 31. And again, mm-hmm. that's what dispensation, a lot of well-meaning dispensation, they, they, but the problem by doing that is, is you are practicing replacement theology by doing that. Without even knowing it, probably. There's no doubt about it who he's talking to and who he's giving those covenants to. They are giving to Israel. Where do we get in on them? I don't see anywhere in Scripture where we get in on them. Nowhere. And so, uh, again, and when's that going to happen? Well, that's going to happen after the church has been raptured out. Anyways. Wow. Good wow. stuff. Man, amen. Praise the Lord. Um, I hope I hope that was making sense to you because it, it was sure clicking with us. I think you could tell, um, and, and it just goes to show uh, when you let the Bible be the Bible and you rightly divide, um, the Lord doesn't miss a beat. And and so we're grateful for that, and we hope that you've uh, gleaned uh, at least something. Maybe just grabbed a little something, and and maybe next time you listen to it or next episode, even you'll grab grab a little something more. But uh, that's why we're here, what we're doing, why uh, why we're doing what we're doing. And so uh, we do invite you back next time, and we thank you for joining us. Until next time. Thank you for listening to the Revealing, a podcast ministry of One Baptist Church in Jacksonville, Florida. Senior Pastor, Frank Silvaggio. Associate Pastor, Robert Engel. For more information about One Baptist Jacks, please go to our website, onebaptistjacks.world, or email us, info at onebaptistjacks.world.